Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. It'll be on the screen as well, but I think it's page 736 in those softcover Bibles. I think uh, this is the ones in, in the seats there. Um, and uh, as you, you can turn there, again, it'll be on there if you want to get there on your version Bible app. You can do that as well, whatever's easier for you. Um, as you're turning there, I've got to ask you a question. Um, have you ever heard anybody say anything, and when they said it, you, like, you have a hard time believing they actually said what they just said? You're like, did, did you just say that? Like, out loud? Like, really? Like, did you just, did you just say that? Um, you just can't believe they're serious. On a class, I was on a class trip this past week for my daughter's kindergarten class. We went to uh, Johnson's Farm. Anybody ever been to Johnson's Farm down in, like, Medford, I guess, area? Um, big farm, you know, kids. Get, so I got on a bus with about 40, one of five buses, 40 kindergartners. Who were very excited. I mean, very excited. And with a bunch of teachers who were not. They were not excited. <laughs> they, this was not a good day for the teachers. Um, but we went and I was a chaperone somehow. I got selected to be. Um, so there was, I don't know how many kids in the kindergarten. There's I mean, five buses full, so 40 kids, so 200 maybe. And uh, it's a lot of kids um, and moms and everything, you know, like chaperones. Um, I think I was one of two dads on the entire trip. Like it was all just ladies and then me. I was like, all right, whatever. So um, I'm a chaperone. I'm on the farm. We get there. They tell me bring a backpack, fill it with lunches, and they're like, all right, uh, Mr. Greco, you're a uh, you're in charge of these four hooligans. And I'm like, all right. I got my daughter and three other kids, and I'm looking at these kids, and I'm like, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And these kids are like, I mean, they got that look. I mean, their eyes are like, and you know. I don't even know who they are. I'm like, oh, what's your name? I don't know what your name is. And the kids in there, you know, come get stickers for them or something. And so they were running all over the place, and we fed some goats through tubes. Uh, you know, you put the, the corn down, and it slides down, and the kids are like, look at this. And I throw it down, it gets on his head. And they thought it was hilarious, and they're laughing at him. And I'm like, this is great, sure, whatever. You know, we uh, went in, they told us about corn and apples and all sorts of good stuff. And then they said, we got a hayride. we got a hayride, we're going to go. And then the kid goes, uh, I'm allergic to hay. I'm like, wonderful. It's a hayride. And teacher, you know this kid's allergic to hay? His mom didn't say anything. I'm like, hey, if you start sneezing, talk to her. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so we're on a hayride, and we're going out to the cornfields. So say, okay, kids, you want, you're going to pick four ears of corn, and you're going to pick two potatoes, two sweet potatoes. They got, so they got this field of sweet potatoes. They kind of dug them up, and the kids got to go pick up. And so I'm like, all right, I'm trying to work all this out. So we've got holding bags of potatoes and corn, and the kids are running through the corn. Like, it's literally corn stalks. And I'm like, where are these kids? I can't see them. They just ran in. And it's like, I don't know. And they're like this big, so like the corn is this. Can't see them. They're gone. And so I'm like, hey, whatever. You know, after like 15 minutes, I'm like, all right, round it up, guys. Let's go. I don't know where you are. And they, they kind of like emerged, chosen the corn, right? Came right back out. Um, so we're on the hayride back now. I'm like, oh, it's been a pretty nice day. It was a warm day, a nice day. You know, we're having fun. We're going back to get some snack. Like, this is going to be good. I got their backpack full of snacks. Like, we're going to have some snacks. And this little girl is sitting next to me on the hayride, and she was one of the kids I was responsible for. And she, she reaches over, and she, like, holds my hand. I'm like, oh, man, she likes me. Like, something, I, I mean... I'm the least likely person for that to happen to. Like, you just need to know. Like, that's not, that's not normal. 
She goes, it wasn't my door. She grabs my hand and, and she says, Mr. Greco. And I go, yeah. And she goes, I'm bored. Can I watch a movie on your phone? It's like, it's like, you for real? You serious? She's like, yeah, it's boring. Can I watch a movie on your phone? I was like, no. I like overhand. I was like, forget it. It's like, did you just ask me that? Like, I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there like this cute little girl. And she's like, I'm bored. I'm like, yeah, hey, join the club. But you got to, you got, we're going back. You're going to have a snack. And then that's it. You know, we're good. We're going home. I don't know what to tell you. Like, but there are these moments where, you know, you're sitting there going, I can't believe she just said that. Like, that's, that's probably the last thing I expected she was going to ask me. Like, I don't know her. Like, how does she know I have movies on my phone? I guess, you know, all kids just have this adults. It's just they, they have permission. You all have, you all have the movies and I want them. So you're, you're in the way, you know? Um, it was just, it was very funny. We had several instances like that. Um, we did this game on the way home with the, the bus. Um, you know, try and guess animals. I think of an animal, you guess what it is. Um, she goes, okay, I want to do one. I'm like, okay. I go, so, you know, does it, does it have four legs? No. Does it swim? No. Does it walk? No. Does it fly? No. I'm like, after all, I'm like, I give up. I can't guess your animal. She goes, it was a tree. <laughs> Once again. You for real? And the teacher's behind me. I'm like, what are you teaching these kids? Like, come on, animals. It's a tree. Whatever. We've been looking at the Beatitudes for the last few weeks, and I will connect this. I promise. These are eight statements made by Jesus about the happiest people on earth. So he's making these statements. He's preaching to a group of people about who the happiest people in the world are. And each time, it's just not what you'd expect to come out of his mouth. Every time he tells you the happiest people are, you're like, for real? Is that, is he really, is he really saying that? Like, and he had this habit of doing that. In case you missed what he said, if you, if you just kind of knew, it's, it's fine, I'm going to catch you up. Here's a recap. He said, the happiest people are those who are poor in spirit. Tell me if this sounds like what you'd think of the happiest people. The poor in spirit, those who are nothing. Those who are nothing. Um, it's the grieving, right? Those who are not okay, right? It's the, it's the meek, those who keep the gentle, those who keep their power under control. Oh, so happy. So happy. Those starving for everything wrong to be made right. They just can't handle all the injustice in the world. Oh, just the happiest people. Right? Here we go. It's those who pay what they don't owe. Okay. It's those who are innocent and pure in heart, who are the real deal. It's the, the peacemakers, those who look like God. And to be honest, I feel like Jesus saved the most ridiculous, hard-to-believe statement for last, which is today. Um, I feel like he was just warming up, and, and can I be honest, he's not making my job easy today. Like, I got to this, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a hard sell. Like, I'm trying to represent you, God, but couldn't you make it a little easier? Couldn't you be like the happiest people in life are filled with joy? You know, the happiest people in life, you know, um, walk on rose petals, or, you know, everything's made of chocolate. I don't know. Like, isn't, couldn't you do something like that? And I want to make this easy, and Jesus just doesn't want to do that. So, um, so can I borrow your phone? Because I just like to watch a movie while you guys listen to the rest of this. <laughs> like, it'd be easier? No? Okay. Just kidding. Here's what Jesus says. He says this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Here we go. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. There you go. The happiest people are persecuted. Think about that. That's what he said, for real. The happiest people are persecuted. How many thought of that when you thought of happy people? You thought persecuted? Absolutely. I would have thought, you know, every time I think people who are, yep, yeah, just suffering 
picked on. Um, so persecuted, if you know what persecuted means, uh, means made to uh, mistreated, you know, uh, made to suffer. Basically, just think like middle school. Like just middle school, like persecution, just your entire middle school experience is just that all over. And he doesn't leave it there. God, God continues in verse 11, says, God blesses you, ready, when people mock you, mock you openly, like to your face, like I said, middle school, um, and persecute you and lie about you, middle school, and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. I mean, with blessing like that, who could ask for more? I mean, who wouldn't be happy? I love being mocked. Uh, I mean, really, you want to see me smile, mock me openly to my face. Can you hear my sarcasm? I try to hide it, but I'm not good at it. I'm from New Jersey. I'm sorry. Mock me, persecute me, lie about me. Oh, I love that. I love being lied about. Say all sorts of evil things about me. Oh, this is really, it makes, just, nothing could make me happier. Like, pour it on, God. Keep the mockery coming. Load up the persecution, right? Like, like lie away. Hey, go ahead. Make up, make up the really worst things you can, the most vile things you can say. Bring on the evil. Um, let me ask you, if you were Jesus and you were trying to encourage people <laughs> to follow you, hey, come follow me. And by the way, the happiest people, mocked, lied about, evil, persecuted. That's them. Come follow me. Like, would you say that? If you were trying to get people to follow you, would you, would you say that? I, I wouldn't, <laughs> not at all. And, and to make it worse, not only are they suffering, but they're suffering for doing right. They're suffering for doing the right thing. For doing what they should, for being kind and selfless and forgiving and generous and compassionate and sacrificial and honest. They're rejected for doing the right thing. And here's what we need to know. Jesus was talking to a group of people here who were caught between two worlds. The listeners were Jewish, so they were, you know, is, from, from Israel. Their leaders were demanding total religious perfection. Like they, had to, they, had to, they had to go to church every Sunday. They had to give all their money, right? They had to say their prayers. They had to read their scriptures. They had to do everything just right. They had to say the right things. They had, I mean, it was like machinery. They, just had, to, they had to do exactly what the rule said. That's what their leaders were saying. So that's the only way. You can be right with God. Totally external. So there's these people that they want to know God, but their leaders are saying, you've got to do all these things. And then Jesus comes along and says, no, no, it's about the heart. And something about that is they're sitting there going, yes, I agree with that. It is about the heart. But my leaders are telling me it's, it's all about doing things right. And there's this tension. And the thing is, anybody that believed what Jesus was saying that, listen, it's not about religion. It's about this relationship, right? It's about you just doing what's right and being... Anybody that was doing those things, they were getting persecuted. They're getting mocked. Look at you. Wearing your jeans to church. Look at you, right? You don't pray enough. You know, they made fun of them. They mocked them. They lied about them. These people are making up stuff. They, they're just really all about themselves. They're trying to indulge themselves. They made all these lies up. They were beaten and lied about and attacked and insulted. And those people were in this crowd when Jesus was talking to them and they were totally conflicted because they wanted to live this life of faith that they knew was right. I believe this. I want to do what Jesus is saying. That's so compelling. I don't want all the rules. I don't want all that stuff. I want to just, I want to be free and just know God and just kind of do life and be free in this. 
But there was this threat of pain and rejection from those around them. It was right in front of them. And just so we're clear, persecution isn't like just sticks and stones. It isn't like just saying, you know, well, you're going to get made fun of like, you're going to get called a, a holy roller, right? Wasn't like, wasn't like just like, you know, little things like that, like you church boy. This affected everything. This affected their livelihood, their business. Because if they chose to do what Jesus was saying, people wouldn't do business with them. I choose not to do business with you because of what you believe. I'm not saying there's parallels to today, but you can begin to hear. It affected their livelihood. Their family members were attacking them. You want to be in this family and believe that, you can walk out that door. This was, this was real. Between spouses, husband, wives, how could you believe that? What are you doing to us? The pressure, you can hear it. Between friends, this was a life-altering crossroads for people. Will I live a life that reflects what I believe is true? Or will I yield to the pressure to fit in and be accepted? Pulled two directions. I want people to accept me. But this is what I believe is true. And I want to have both. But it's just looking like I can't. What do I do? I really want people to, to like me. But this is what I believe. And there's this tension. And Jesus says, those people who are conflicted, they're the happiest people. Actually, for the first time in all the Beatitudes, Jesus actually gives an instruction. Up until now, he hasn't said what to do. And he does. He says this in in verse 12. He says, when you're persecuted for believing in me, he says, be happy. Be very glad about it. What is he smoking? We can't say that about Jesus. I'm sorry. For real. Like, how can he say that? Can you imagine what the people thought that day as they heard Jesus saying all this? Like, is he really saying this is the happy people? You want me to be happy that people are mocking me? Like that the school bully is taking my lunch money because I prayed? You really want me to believe that people are mocking me? I should be happy because my coworker is making up lies about me because she doesn't agree with what I believe? How can you say that, Jesus? Then Jesus simply states a truth that is the game changer. The game changer. He says this, For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember that the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Jesus pulls back the curtain and grants everybody some perspective here. And he says this, he says, ready? This This is the moment. He says this, Rejection is temporary. Rejection is temporary. It won't last. It won't last. And he says, and just wait till you see the other side. Just wait. He wants the people to know, listen, every ounce of pain and rejection and persecution and lies and all the evil directed at you, guess what? It will pass. It's going to pass. See, here's the statement for the morning. The happiest people are rejected temporarily and accepted eternally. The happiest people, they are rejected temporarily and they are accepted eternally. I have great news for you. God doesn't judge you based on what others think about you. Is that good news to anybody else? God does not judge you based on what other people... It's not about your opinion polls. It's not about... Okay, all that matters is what's on the inside. He knows you. 
And he says this, even if the whole world rejects you, even if everybody says you're, you're a fool, everybody mocks you and they lie about you and they persecute you and they attack you and they mean you harm and they try mean you, even if everybody does that, I embrace you as my own and will have paradise forever. I mean, if that's true, say what you want. Go ahead, bring it on. I survived middle school. You can't say worse. To be sure, listen, rejection, it can be crushing. It can hurt. It hurts when the people we trusted and depended on attack us. Like people we thought were for us. And they come against us. You're like, man, I can't believe they're rejecting me. It hurts. It hurts. Kids, hey, it hurts especially when you're young, let me tell you. The temptation to live for likes is so strong. We want people to like us. And, and listen, never more than when we're young. You just want people to accept you and be like, yeah, you're, you're, you're okay. You're okay. And if we're not careful, that desire to be liked can cause us to walk away from what we know is true. Jesus told a story once about a farmer who was planting some seeds. He says he threw on different types of dirt. He's planting seeds and just, I don't know how farmers plant. Making it in a bag of seeds. And just, I'm not a farmer. Never planted anything. My wife does the planting. Even that, like I just, I could probably kill it if I just look at it. Like, just don't plant. But he's just throwing, I guess I'll just, yeah, throwing seeds. And it fell on different types of dirt. It fell on hard paths that had been kind of walked on by people. So, you know, when dirt gets walked on, like anybody, like I, you can tell where home base is in my front yard. For all of our, you know, wiffle ball games because there's no grass. It's just like, it's almost like pavement. It's just dirt. It's just a solid, right? Tramp, says some seed fell on that. And guess what? It didn't go anywhere because it's so hard. Nothing even happened. Just bounced off. And they said some dirt fell on rocky soil that there was soil, but there's like, there's rocks in it. And it was kind of like, it wasn't like good, you know, good soil. It was just filled with rocks and all things. It says, and then some seeds fell on grounds where there were thorns, which means there are thorn bushes and it kind of grew up among, you know, it, it grew up, but there was other bushes that were choking it out. And then he says, and then there were some that fell on fertile soil. And in Matthew, we read this from Jesus. He says, it's the seed on the rocky soil. The soil mixed with rocks. He says, it, it represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Like, yeah, I'm good for that. That sounds great. I love that. Yeah, this is, this is good about Jesus. And in that crowd, there would be people that would be like, Jesus, this, this whole faith thing, this whole not religion thing, this sounds great to me. I'm down with that. But since they don't have deep roots because of all the rocks in there, it says they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So here's the, here's the truth. Persecution tests our roots. When people challenge what you believe, it tests your roots. You're going to stand or are you are going to give in? Technology is great. It can make different difficult tasks easy. There's lots of good things, but one thing that's not so great about technology, one thing I personally don't like, is the uh, the like button. I hate the like button. How's that? You like that? I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, that like button. Everybody recognize that button? It's not just on Facebook. It's everywhere. Instagram, everything. You know, every every web page. You know, on the bottom. Did you like this article? You know, you know, Twitter. You can everything. Everything social is liking, 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 liking. We crave likes. We do it for the likes. 
right? Smash that like button, right? Everything's about likes. It feels good to be liked, and we judge ourselves based. This picture is good. I thought this picture was better than this picture, but this picture got more likes. Am I making it up? This is how we, this is how we live now. We live for the applause of others. How many likes did you get? And I'm telling you, likes aren't evil. But the moment likes become more important than the truth, we have created a God out of it. I pursue the likes. They become more important to me than what is true. It's the tension we feel. We feel it as kids. Students, you feel this. Will you say what you believe or what's popular? You're going to say what you know people want to hear from you? Are you going to say what you really think? Well, I know what I think, but everybody's going to get on me if I say that. And the test begins. I'll never forget the way it felt. Everybody, I mean, I blacked out probably, I'd say, 99% of middle school. But anybody remember middle school? Right. High school? I remember that pit in the stomach every time I felt like, oh, no. Uh, they're going to say something if I say something. Right? The desire to hide, to escape, to run out. When people made fun of me, oh, it hurt deeply. You don't show it on the outside. Yeah, whatever. Whatever was probably my favorite word in, in, in middle school and high school. Whatever. Whatever. I, I'm Teflon man, Iron Man. It don't make a difference to me. Right? But inside, you're, you're dying. Inside, you know, it, it feels horrible when people are making fun of you. People knew my dad was a pastor. Oh, that's, that was great. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was good. Made me a target. See, but in those moments, I had a decision to make. They were defining moments. Would I, would I live so that people would like me? Or would I live in a way that was with integrity, with what I actually believed was true? Would I live for the God who loved me as I was, who didn't judge me based on what other people thought? We feel it as young adults. Will you do what you know is right or what everybody else around you is pressuring you to do? It's, it's hard to be accepted if I don't go out here and do this stuff. If I, if I don't participate in that, then you can feel very lonely as a young adult. And you want to do these things because everybody else is doing it and that's where the life is. But I don't, that's just not consistent with who I want to be. And we feel it as parents and as employees, as community members. What if people really knew what you thought and believed? Would they still respect you? Would they shut you off? How people treat you if they actually knew? Are you living for likes today or for love forever? Did Jesus want people to know, listen, the happiest people, they have eternal perspective. They refuse to give up on truth today because they know that the truth will carry them into eternity. So what? Thank you, Pastor Dan, for that. So interesting message. So what? Jesus said this in Mark. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. Tony, Jesus said things like, it's like, Jesus, that's so, I don't, not what I would have expected. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? What do you benefit if you've got every like in the entire world, but you lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? See, ultimately, this is a message about integrity and about courage. Are you willing to pay the price now for what you believe in exchange 
for what God has promised us then. And can I promise you? I just want to promise you. Uh, people are going to persecute you. <laughs> you haven't figured that one out. You're going to get persecuted. It's nothing new. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to mock you. They're going to lie about you. They're going to say all things. If you don't want that, probably shouldn't follow Jesus. Because <laughs> uh, this is a fraternity. goes back, hey, guess what? All the prophets, they got rejected. You follow the Old Testament, rejected, 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 stoned, you know, killed, chased off, threatened, right? Like, they, the prophets, man, they got beat up. Jesus was rejected. People didn't like Jesus. They, they mocked him, lied about him, rejected what he said, ended up killing him. His disciples were rejected. People didn't like what they stood for. Okay, guess what? You're not alone. You're going to get persecuted. I think we should get t-shirts made. Anybody up for some Rho Beta Alpha? Anybody know your Greek? You want, you want some t-shirts? Yeah, it's just t-shirts. Rho Beta Alpha. You know what it means? Rejected but accepted. That's me. I'm rejected temporarily but accepted eternally. I'm in the club. I'm in the club, man. I'm rejected but accepted. Because I'm not alone in this. Because ever since there has ever been truth in the world, people have resisted it and rejected it. And there's always been a tension. Do I stand with what I believe is true or do I cater to the crowd and give them what they want? Even if it violates what I know is true because I want the likes. I am rejected by the world but accepted by the one who matters. One of my favorite verses, Hebrews chapter 11, says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, by the Rho, Beta, Alpha, Right By the rejected but accepted people. This huge crowd. You know what the cloud of witnesses is that you're surrounded by? You're surrounded by Abraham and Moses and Jacob and Joseph and David and King Solomon and all the disciples and Jesus and Peter and Paul. Right, Everybody surrounds you and they're sitting on the sidelines saying, hey, I was rejected too. I was rejected too. I was rejected too. I was rejected too. We're in the club. We're in this together. We're surrounding you. And you know what they do? It says you are surrounded by them. So, so since we're surrounded by them, let us strip off everything that slows us down, especially the sin and temptation to give in that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has marked out before us. What he's saying is don't quit. Don't quit. Rejection is temporary. You do this by keeping your eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy set before him. Listen, he endured the cross It's shame. He endured persecution. But he kept going. Because he knew rejection was temporary. Now, guess where Jesus is now? Now, he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Oh man, it was worth it. It was worth it. Think of all the hostility Jesus endured from sinful people. And guess what? Then you won't get tired and give up. Consider that you are not alone. You are not the only one. And if somebody is getting on your case, just just sit there and go, I'm in the club. In the club. It's going to be worth it. And I love this. I love how I love how the writer ends this verse. Verse four. After all, you have not yet given your lives in the struggle against sin. In my words, you're not dead yet. Hey, keep going because you're not dead yet. I haven't killed you. Yes, I haven't killed you. Keep going. You might be rejected, but you're not dead yet, so keep going. As I close today, if today, and Nick, you can come on up and play, if today you know that you've been living for the applause of others, 
Yeah, I got good news. God hasn't given up on you because you're doing that. There's also, I was, I'm in that club too. Every day it's a decision. Do I want to live for the applause of others or am I going to do what I know is right? And you know what? It's a battle every single day to make that choice. I don't want to, there's something inside us that just wants to be accepted. And it feels good when people tell us that we're doing all right. And they go, thumbs up, I like you. Yeah, that's great. But I can't live for that. So if you're there, hey, no judgment here. But I got great news. Today is a new day. Brand new day. And who you were yesterday does not mean that's who you are today. We get to choose how we're going to live our lives. And if you need a fresh start today, you say, I want to change. I don't want to live for everybody else anymore. I want to live for what I know is true. God God gives you that opportunity today. His mercy is new every single morning. You can choose to live for eternity. And if today, maybe you're being mocked right now. You're right now in your world. You're being lied about. You're being persecuted. You feel beaten down and weak and tired. And you're sitting there going, I don't know how much more of this is just wearing me out. I don't know how much more of this I can handle. Can I encourage you? You're not dead yet. God's not giving up on you. And you are surrounded by a great fraternity of brothers and sisters who have suffered persecution. Some that cost them their lives. Some have given their lives in this. And they are cheering you on. They are a crowd around you. And as you're running their race, they are lining the streets of your life saying, you can do it. We believe in you. Keep going. You are surrounded by a crowd saying, keep going. Keep running. Don't give up. It's going to be worth it. I love Reggie Joyner. He says this, that for second in eternity will erase the worst that evil can do in a lifetime. Oh, man. That moment you cross the finish line, can I tell you, it's going to be worth enduring all the rejection now. And it's going to, that first moment in turn is going to be so good, it will erase the worst that evil could do in a lifetime. Where we are going far outweighs what we are experiencing now. This is the best. That's yet to come. That's yet to come. Every time somebody attacks you for what you believe, remind yourself, I am in the club. I am in the club. I am rejected temporarily, but I am accepted eternally. Then Jesus says this. If you, if you need an action step, something to really tell you, Jesus likes to make it complicated on us. Ready? He says this. Pray for those who persecute you. Are you for real, Jesus? Do you want me to pray for people that are making fun of me? I know what I want to pray for them. I'll leave that up to your imagination, but pray that they would recognize there's something genuine in you. That perhaps they might be changed because of how you live out what you believe. And the reality is this. People are watching. People are watching. Even in their attacking of you, they're watching you. Even in their persecution, they're watching you. When they lie about you, they're watching you. When they say things about you, they're watching you. There once was a thief. 
lived a life of crime. Didn't do much good. At the end of his life, he was convicted to die. So he should have for his crimes. And he found himself on his way to being hung on a cross for his death. And next to him on a cross was another guy who was a criminal. And there was another guy there. And this other guy wasn't really a criminal. He wasn't like everybody else. And people were mocking him and calling him names and yelling at him. And I mean, they were killing this guy. And he had done nothing. He was innocent. And this other thief that was there just started mocking him. And this one, he said, yeah, I'm joining. I'm going to make... I'll make fun of him too and yeah, hey, you know, you say you're the son of God, well come down, you know, and he joins in the crowd of mockers and he and he's sitting there and he's yelling, and something along the way changes. He's watching this guy and he's not giving it back. And he's actually praying that that the God would forgive people for what they're doing to him for this persecution. And something in this guy changes. And he says to the man next to him, he says, Hey, you're Jesus, right? Hey, I know I have no right to ask. But when you come into your kingdom in heaven, will you remember me? I I believe that you're who you say you are. And in that moment, Jesus turns to him. He says, dude, you were just making fun of me. Sorry, bro. Jesus says to him, no, he says, listen, today, today you'll be with me in paradise. We have no idea who's watching. But our decision to endure whatever people want to bring at us when they attack our faith. Our decision to walk forward. You have no idea the impact that may have in their life for eternity. People who yield to the pressure to conform are a dime a dozen in our world. We need people who are courageous enough to stand up for what they believe in, regardless of what the crowd say. Regardless of how many people like it. How we say it matters. We've got to be gentle and kind and loving and gracious and all those things. It's not like I'm just going to go out there and declare truth whether you like it or not. Here's my truth. It's, no. It's all about grace and humility. But we cannot give in just to make somebody like us better. Our world needs courageous people. The happiest people are persecuted because of Jesus. And the kingdom of heaven is theirs. It's funny, Jesus says so many things I never expected him to say. And honestly, I'm so glad he did. We're going to Let's close with a moment of prayer. I think he's going to play just in the background here. I want to encourage you to take a moment in your seat. To ask yourself this question. Say, God, am I living for you or for the applause of others? Who am I living for, God? And just let God speak to you. Would you just take a moment and respond today to whatever God is saying to your heart? And then we'll close our service in just a moment.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.